Assassin's Creed looks at Watch Underscore Dogs and thinks, whoa, Ubisoft the fuck out. Welcome to episode 10 point something of the downloadable concept podcast. He's a man of means by no means, it's Talon Lee. I threw my art away. <laughs> you picked a fine time to release Half-Life 2 episode 3, Lucille. It's Jeb Wrench. You've got to know when to hold him and when to hold him. <laughs> and gypsies, tramps, and thieves, it's me, Fox Lee. <laughs> Isn't that a share song? Doesn't that involve weird Twitter now? I have no idea. What's weird Twitter? That's pretty much the answer to the question as well. So hey, Jeb, been playing any video games lately? I hear kids are all up about them video games. Uh, I did spend some time playing Wild Arms. Ooh, somebody bought stuff on the PSN uh, flash sale. Thanks to uh, uh, some support from a wonderful friend of mine, I was able to pick up a few titles off that sale, (laughs) and I took a couple hours to play Wild Arms, which is all right so far. I'm not too too deep into it, but uh, early on into the... uh, I can't remember any of their names because I changed them all. (laughs) 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 To one of their storylines, he gets bombs, and I accidentally discovered that you can get free items just by bombing the ground in places. And now I'm just bombing everywhere. I'm just walking around (laughs) hammering the the square button. Oh, oh, have you ever played Radiant Historia? I have not. Not, sorry, not Radiant Historia, Radiant Historia. This, this is a game where instead of having an interact with, you know, random piece of scenery button, like, you know, press X to do a thing, you have a kick button. (laughs) Just walk around kicking everyone's bedside tables and lamps and cupboards. Just, just kick it. Just kick everything. And, you know, you do get random stuff from it. It's exactly like the interact button. It's just kick instead. <laughs> this game ate a lot of my time. Mostly by kicking. Most <laughs> yeah. of that time was spent kicking. Well, I wouldn't want to miss something I could kick exactly. for profit. That's why, that's why so, I'm hammering on the square I'm, like, all about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Fox, you, let me take a wild guess, have played basically no video games <laughs> because you've been busy finishing your video game. That would be true, uh, except for the finished video game part and the no video games part. Oh. Um, no, the answer to that is I have not quite finished my video game, because when it came time to do the final CGs, I thought, I'll just do them at print size in case I want to print them later. <sighs> yeah, so yeah. my computer's been choking on the colouring phase of the ending CGs for like the last four days. <laughs> it's It's very simple. I'm not even shading these things, and yet it's taking multiple minutes to, you know... Except that I have moved a layer or added something, and God help me if I want to save the thing at some point so as not to lose my progress. Anyway, uh, so I've had a lot of downtime while waiting for my computer to process things, <laughs> in which I have mostly been playing Swiggin' It 2. Because, as it turns out, you can load it onto a PSP if you bought it fairly early after it was released. And you download it directly to the PSP instead of trying to transfer it from the PS3. So what you're saying is, I can play Sweet I can play Sweet Kid on PSP, and it's freaking gorgeous. <laughs> I'm sorry, it, this game is beautiful, and it it needs to be played in that you know fine resolution, really beautiful, actual proper pixel aspect ratio. Ah, it's so good. It's the proper way to put your game onto a handheld, and not say Final Fantasy IV. <laughs> Oh, did, did they put some awkward scaling into that? That's the one with the, Oh, the, the 3D the remake. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 I, I'm not the, fond the 3D, of the low-poly 3D, the 3D remakes. The 3D remake with uh, the character models have different texture resolutions on them. Oh. It looks... The face... How would you do that? The faces are very high resolution. Everything else isn't. <laughs> well, yeah, the less said about the DS's 3D capabilities, the better, really. That's not, I, I love that machine, but that is not a strong point. Every time someone made a game in 3D instead of 2D, I wanted to just... Yeah, no, don't, don't do it. Resist the urge. <laughs> it was trying. Uh, I know it's cheaper, and that's why everyone does it these days. But. I, uh, I can remember that there was a DS game that effectively was basically just a Doom clone called Orcs vs. Elves, <laughs> and it... It had this problem where because it was a 3D, because it was a DS doing 3D in the early generations of those games, uh, if you let it idle in any of the larger rooms, very, very slowly, the floor would creep upward. You moved, it would reset, but it had this effect of your character is very slowly <laughs> keeling over forwards. <laughs> Drunk orcs versus drowsy elves. Well, that's a porno, I think. Ladies. <laughs> that's definitely a porno now. <laughs> 
<laughs> Alright, tell them what have you been playing? I can't think of a single game I've been playing lately. I know I've been playing games, I, you know, I haven't actually achieved anything with my life otherwise, but, uh, no, uh, <laughs> I've played some more of Ori in the Blind Forest. My god, that's so pretty. Oh, it's a beautiful game. <laughs> I'd play that don't spoiler for me. Okay, yeah, not gonna spoiler any of the story. I'm not going to, you know, go into that, though I will say the opening is very effective. But it's really interesting to look at this game in that you have an almost childish entry to points, and then the way out is monstrous. Huh. It's I- imagine if you had a game which was fifty percent Kirby's epic yarn. <laughs> And 50% Super Meat Boy. Oh, you were telling me about this before, weren't you? Like, uh, when you when you get your power upgrades, or when you, you know, unlock your uh, ice beam, or your super missiles, or whatever. There is get, immediately after that a tremendously out, yeah. hard bit. Yeah. <laughs> and and the, they are so much more precise and so much more careful than the way in. It's very interesting. Mm. I don't know if it's going to work for a whole Metroidvania game, but it sounds kind of exciting. So, but it looks amazing when it's in when it, in motion. Fuck, it's gorgeous. That was yeah. one of the yeah, things they I, showed. Yeah, did they use Spriter for that or something along those lines? Like it looks like 2D stuff on on vector frameworks. Jeb knows about this. I don't know about this in this case. Damn. Oh, I thought this was the game that you, I thought this was the same thing you were talking about with Ubisoft. No, 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 it's not. It's this is a Microsoft product. Oh, of course it was. Yeah. Well, probably not actual Spriter then. Which explains what's on the Xbox One. It has that, it looks like the same kind of style that, that's in things like the Vanillaware games, and where it, it's... Okay, if that is 3D models, I am going to shit myself, because that looks <laughs> way too good to be 3D models. Well, for some of the cutscenes, like things like the trees, I'm pretty sure those trees are 3D objects of some variety. Well, it... Just it, maybe, a th- maybe a very rudimentary 3D object with a very lo- lovingly rendered sprite splayed on the outside or something. I don't know. Well, that might as well be the kind of graphic I'm talking about. It's yep. just instead of 3D model, it's, you know, vector points that you hang 2D it's graphics unity. on. Yeah. Ah. Okay. So they, they might be faked or 3D models then. Mm. I, I haven't used Unity a lot, but the last game jam I worked on was done in Unity, but it was a 2D game, and we had all kinds of trouble with putting... It was sort of a, you know, sticker-style graphics, like your Paper Mario kind of thing, mm-hmm. and the the uh, programmers apparently had a hell of a time trying to put my drawings into that, <laughs> despite the fact that all the gameplay and everything was 2D. I was talking with Shelf about the moves he's been making to try and replicate games in, in Unity's uh, most recent iteration for work. Mm. And we had this really fascinating discussion about how Mega Man style movement, just Mega Man X style movement, involves more things moving and not moving than you'd expect. Like more systems interacting. Like the fact that you can jump and the amount of time you hold down the jump button determines how high you jump and with what speed. Mm-hmm. And he said, Designing it, because obviously he's using a 3D engine to do this, designing it so that there is some degree of physics in that is really mind-twisting. <laughs> yeah, well that's... I always assumed that was one of the harder things to do, because that's one of those things that you can tell the difference between the really amateurish games and the ones where people have gotten a bit more experience. Like, it's one of those game feel issues mm. that makes a huge difference, so you don't necessarily notice it at first, but then after a while you go, come to think of it, that jump is like this really standardized arc that's the same no matter how long I hold the button or whatever, and that's what's been feeling wrong all this time. Yeah. Uh, I've also been playing a surprising amount of The Secret World. Yeah. Which, look, it lets me run around with a sledgehammer (laughs) and hit zombies with it in a way that doesn't feel like I'm just giving Capcom money. I keep seeing that over your shoulder and having little City of Heroes flashbacks. Not sure how to feel about this. It's Mm. It's a very complex emotion. It's the big fuck-off hammer rule. Yeah, yeah. I do like big fuck-off hammers. Also, it, this is going to sound a bit weird, but playing The Secret World is reminiscent of 3rd edition Dungeons & Dragons, in that you have these big sprawling character trees that you level... You don't really level up, you just get more character points to buy things in the trees. Mm-hmm. And some of these trees will say things like, whenever you hit an opponent who is weakened, you get this side effect. And another thing will say... All of your hammer attacks apply this form of weakening. And then you find this other thing that says, anytime a weakened foe is subject to an attack by you, it does this. And you start getting that sort of Rube Goldbergian machinery of a character fitting together to try and make it do something that, given the way I played 3rd edition Dungeons & Dragons, was utterly <laughs> broken. 
Interesting that you liken that to third ed, because honestly, the fact that you're picking abilities rather than taking entirely new classes and planning your build right from the start makes me think much more of fourth than third. Yeah, fourth ed, well, in my case, I'm playing it as sort of sprawling out and you know, learning as I go. Plus, there's not really an effective level cap for this, so if you go hammer, hammer, hammer all the way to the end of hammer and all the various branches of hammer, and then go, yeah, but hammer's not working for me, you can just go, cool, same character is going to go all the way through sword. Chop, chop, you're going to have to get all those points again, right? Yeah. yeah. But, but, and, can. but the other thing is, you can't get those points again, you just get right. more points. Yeah, that, that's what yeah. I meant. Like, and you're earning You have potential. to get the same number of points again if you want to go to the end of a different tree. Yeah. Also, because I played, because technically I started playing the game two years ago, uh, I got a whole bunch of special starter swag, which I didn't know I had. <laughs> which means that uh, now every character I make gets to run around with a mummified cat wearing royal jewellery that gives me bonus XP and heals me when I'm dying. That, Once again, complex that, feelings. Uh, kind of <laughs> discourages me from picking the game up. Well, it, yep. it's not mummified. It's just, it was, it was, it's that Egyptian-style black cat that was dug up from an Egyptian tomb. No, but what I mean is... So it's not mummified. But what I mean is that it, it okay. makes me not want to pick up the game because other people have an advantage I don't get. That's true. That's true. Also, the cat stops working after... I think it's 300,000 XP. I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's a lot. <laughs> I don't know if I'm doing well at this game or not. It's really strange. <laughs> that's kind of how good MMO should be. Like, if you're acutely feeling the difference between you and other players, that's a considerable turnoff for me in an MMO. Like, I should be able to feel like I'm doing well with my experience, and that's what matters. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I'm not... I, I mean... <sighs> I get the way that it kind of works now, in that those bonuses were probably given to players who have effectively been in for the long haul, and they're saying, hey, you're probably tired of the early game now because you've been playing for two years. Here's some stuff to make it easier. Like, there's an item that's um, a screaming demon's ring, which apparently makes it so that enemies in the opening area give more XP. Mm -hmm. Only in the opening area, because they just went, we know you don't want to be here. I, I don't know how I feel about this, because, of course, I haven't been playing the game for two years. On the other hand, you do get to find what is a basically Steve King analog who is at the top of a lighthouse shooting down into the water at zombies with a shotgun. Who's Steve King? The the author, not the... Oh, Stephen King. Yeah, not right. the various crappy uh, I've never him called Steve. Does he go by Steve now? I don't know. I, I admit, I haven't met the guy. Right, well, obviously Acting so familiar thing. here. It's like, oh yeah, me and Steve go way back. <laughs> Well, all authors know each other, right? Well, yeah. Well, Steve, or as we know him on the street as Steedizzle. Um, Don't even... Oh, why would you... Hey, actually, honest to, honest to God, he really is our main man. Surely if Stephen King was going to have a rap uh, name, That one took a moment to land, didn't it, Jeb? It took me a moment to breathe in. <laughs> that took an extra long draw. <laughs> but yes... I'm pretty sure that's enough of me babbling about the secret world, though. Quick, interrupt him before he makes more puns. I'm not going to make another pun, alright? Well, I've, I've pretty much exhausted my uh, my trove of interesting stories. I've been doing game dev. Really easy, really basic game dev. And I can't even get that finished in one month, God damn it! Well... I really need to clean my poor computer. <laughs> yeah. In this case, it was the hardware limiting you. Oh, it's also like eight years old by now. Hmm. That's about right. Something like that. That's it? Want to jump to Retro Gaming News? Sure. And now it's time for Retro Gaming News. All the news that's fit to print for some marches in some histories. <laughs> Brought to you by, I don't know, something. Make up your own sponsor. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really going to regret saying I'm not going to edit this one, aren't I? <laughs> We're going to make you regret it. Brought to you by a masochist guide to Bloodborne. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by a very irritated editor. <laughs> oh my goodness. We're, we're going to talk about Bloodborne briefly after this. Okay, so... After a brief loading time, right? Yeah. <sighs> anyway, uh, last year we had a handful of games that came out on the 24th and 25th of this month. Uh, by the way, that jingling you might be hearing in the background, dear listener, is Ellie scratching himself. It's his birthday. So- has Ellie ever actually made it onto the podcast, or does he always get edited out? Usually he gets edited out. Aww. We should get him to say something this week, because it's his birthday! He's one! Yes, but he doesn't care about video games. He's officially not a puppy anymore! Actually, he does care about video games. He watches you play them on the PlayStation all the time. 
That's more just that he's a whippet and they get cold easy and like to snuggle. So there's no point where he doesn't want to be on the couch if anyone else is. All right. So we're going to go through five of the titles that came out this time last year. First things first, we have a MOBA. We have a MOBA that isn't Dota or LOL. Is it Loom? <laughs> no, it's not Loom. Okay, now that's out of the way. Yeah. Uh... Uh, it's not the Fire Emblem MOBA. <laughs> Oh, so it's God the bad damn it, don't over. say that. I'd have to play that. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Talon. Watch what you do. I uh, I main Lone Rat in mine. <laughs> uh, it's a game with, let's say, um, a particular style of depicting women. Um, dragons? All crown? of them? That's not a MOBA, it's is not it? A MOBA. I don't not. know. I don't uh, know what MOBAs are. Oh, Smite. Um, there you go. Oh, I don't Smite. know that. Oh, there you go. Ellie has contributed to the podcast by bumping the <laughs> mic stand. Uh, yeah, Smite came out this time last year. It officially ended its beta, and the ability to and the developers went, "Well, we can't really change any character designs now." Whoops! How convenient. All right, all right. We have. You guys now going to have to look this up, and it will make me. It very will make unhappy. you very angry. Don't. <laughs> don't. Don't look up a game which promises to let you play. Uh, Sif and uh, Norse, other Norse gods and other Greek gods and whatnot, where all the women have one body and coverage issues. Mm. I've heard they've yeah. been getting better lately. I actually have. It would be I, hard I, I not have to. on the Xbox One, thanks to uh, Jet Grind, but hey, I nice. haven't played it yet. As with many Jet of these, Grind is very funny. Jet Grind I found is great. myself faving a lot of their tweets lately. Yeah, Jet Grind should also totally get a blog. And oh, probably yeah. appear on our podcast. I can make time. blogs happen. I would love you, to. You uh, want me to set you up with a blog? Uh, I can make that happen. Yeah, Jet Grind, if you're listening to this, there is an offer from Kandagawa Fox Lee <laughs> to set up an Invincible Inc. blog for you. <laughs> All right. Uh, next game in the Retro Gaming News. We have a indie platformer. Well, that narrows it it's down. <laughs> really charming. It's not as deep as it thinks it is. Fez didn't come out last but year. Not as deep as it, it thinks it is. It was the PlayStation Network release. Oh, Fez. it is Fez. Okay. Oh. <laughs> it was Fez. <laughs> I, I love that Fez works. It works on two levels because Fez, as a world, is deeper than it thinks it is. Fez as a game is probably not as deep as it thinks it is. But it's still a really good game. I, it, it gets really frustrating that we can't... That, that people don't want to discuss the game as a game uh, and instead want to get into the, the various surrounding elements because you play that game for 20 minutes and, all right, it might not be your kind of game, but you can't go, this is a terrible game. Hmm. This is certainly it, a it's, unique and interesting thing. Yeah. Well, they just want to keep politics out of games, which you do by not discussing any game whose creator's politics you happen to have problems with. Hmm. Uh... Also, when it comes to Fez, I found the the approach it took to a Metroidvania-style game was, was really interesting. In that the very first time you find a little off-sidetrack thing to explore, and you go, nah, I won't do it now, I'll move on, you will, about half an hour later, realize, uh, I really should have explored that when I had the chance. If that happens to you once, and you keep playing, usually what it means is you'll explore very thoroughly. Um, That's what I do anyway. Yeah. If you're the kind of player who goes, uh, that's going to happen to me a dozen times, and I don't want to explore very thoroughly, then you're probably going to throw the game away. But it's it's an exploration game in a, in a big way. Hmm. I have uh, a bit of trouble with uh, Metroidvanias simply because I'll forget what I what I couldn't get to before. Yeah. 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 It'd be good to have a game like that where you could put down a marker at a path where you were like, I need to come back to this and have it show up on your map and later. Yes, I know I could well, use something like a piece of paper. Well, the thing that surprises me in hindsight is we have all these modern met- we have all these modern Metroidvanias that are coming out that don't have maps in them. And both Castlevania and Super Metroid came with maps. They they ran maps in the really? game that you could is access. This a thing? Yeah. So you could pull up the map and go, hang on, there's an area over here. No, no, no. I, the the idea of them coming without maps. That's not something I've encountered. A lot of these indie ones don't have a functional or useful map. Hmm. It's very frustrating. Yeah, All that right. kind of sucks. I find that sort of thing really necessary, or at least like an indicator of you've gotten the shit in this area kind of thing. Because not knowing if I've completed something or not drives me fucking crazy. Alright. Now... We have another game. Big AAA title. Very controversial AAA title. <sighs> As in, got offices raided in South Korea. Controversial title. It is a action RPG. 
it is owned by one of the largest AAA publishers around. Got offices raided? Yeah, For the what? offices of this business were raided. In where? In South Korea. For doing something illegal? In or South Korea, like, yeah. Got raided by some aggressive group. So, by, by authority. The police or the, the police staged a raid on the offices and seized files and data. Yeah, I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. Jeff? Last year? Yeah, last year. Can't even really remember any... So, is it South Korean or is that just where the offices were? Where they got no, the game is not South Korean. Okay. This is an expansion okay. pack for that oh, game. Oh, Diablo 3. Yes. Yeah, okay. You didn't say it was an expansion pack. Well, let's get into it. <laughs> The point is, if I said it's an expansion pack for, like, a Blizzard property, ooh, that doesn't help anything. But yeah. Yeah, but if you said it's an action RPG that came out last year, I'm not going to name Diablo 3. Well, you might go, huh, those story elements fit Diablo 3, but Diablo 3 itself didn't come out last year. It's a trick. I am trying to make this challenging. <laughs> Revolver yes. Ocelot Talonly. You're a liar. It's a trick. It's a lie. <laughs> yes, I am a filthy liar, I know. Uh, but yeah, Reaper of Souls came out last year to a rounding. Meh, I thought Reaper of Souls. And the eventual. I shot. thought Reaper of Souls came out to. Oh, they finally made Diablo three good. Oh, they did. That's by nice getting rid of the auction did house it? and all that. Oh yeah, <laughs> I thought that was the PlayStation three release that got rid of the auction house, but no, it was it was Reaper of Souls, wasn't it? I didn't mind the auction house. I minded the always online multiplayer that you couldn't do LAN instead because every time I tried to play with my friends, it just lagged and I died a million times horribly. Yep. Uh, players were behaving in a way that. With, that Blizzard didn't want, which was the big problem the auction house was generating. <laughs> Players didn't care about their loot. Ah, yes, well, that was exactly what happened, yeah. Yeah, they were trying to find the thing that would sell best on the auction house, they'd dump that on the auction house, and then they'd stock up for their best gear that they could afford on the auction house. The practical upshot of it was the actual loot you got, you barely even looked at. Yeah, that's true. Like, even me... I am not a money spinner in these games, yeah, I, but still, anything I had that was good, I had bought from the auction I house. I wonder how Blizzard could have foreseen that. Is that. I wonder if any of their other products <laughs> would function in a similar fashion. Uh, to be fair, I think it's clear that Blizzard is horrible at loot by now. It's, it's an interesting principle, because I don't think they're horrible at loot doing what they want it to do in World of Warcraft. It's just to show through how intensely bitter I am at the way loot is handled in, like, every MMO except City of Heroes. Yeah, I, I, I understand what you're feeling there. With, with uh, World of Warcraft, the loot system does what they want it to do. That's the problem. Uh, it, it's do, it's providing the service they want it to provide, and that doesn't translate to everything. So when they make the loot system similar or the same... motivate high-level players to repeat content for rewards rather than fun? Yeah, and that's the thing. Raids and high-level content in WoW are very much designed to be hard and get better as you iterate on them. So they want to give you a reason to keep iterating on them. So eventually, the last couple of iterations of... Uh, this also has this uh, a perceived psychological effect where players will do a raid and for the first half of the lifetime of the raid, there are a type of player who really enjoy that. And the second half, they hate it. And it flips around. In that you have the players who, when it's easy, like it. And when it's hard, hate it. And so the whole loot system is designed to keep those two groups of players sticking together. <laughs> Fuck anyone who doesn't fancy raiding. Yeah. Hey. That, well, there is the thing. They... What? <laughs> I no, no, that, that... no, no, I don't fancy raiding. That's my oh. point. <laughs> it, it aggravates me that they... You know, I, I like playing story content, and I don't like other players very much. I like my friends, but that's like four people, and that's not enough for a raid. Plus, uh, I can't keep track of, of fucking 20, 30 characters on screen at once. It's hard enough to work out what I'm doing in a group of five. The thing that amazes me about you when it comes to World of Warcraft is that you did Cataclysm five-man heroics with me. Yeah, they were fun. And they were harder than many 25-man modern raids when you consider the load the player has to keep track of. But, because there's all these other parts moving around, because the scale of the fight is so large, because the areas you have to run between are so big and the timers are so long... <laughs> It's just a completely different experience for you. So it, it's really hateable. I didn't like raiding either. I, I, because I find it pr profoundly disorienting to play a melee character who has to literally stand inside the boss's model to hit them. Oh, yeah, that's... That. I got fucked up so many times by stepping slightly too far through something and it going, Oh, you can't attack that. Turn around and face it like a smart person. Fuck you, game. I am in its ass. How am I supposed to know whether I am... Behind or in front of some arbitrary point in its colon. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, Fox isn't happy with the, uh... 
with, with the overall rating aesthetic. So what you're saying Contemplating is arbitrary you're not only happy an okay with, profile You're name. not only happy with grades. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're topping that. Cute, very cute. Actually, one other thing. Uh, raids are also an accessibility issue. If it takes you an hour to do even the easiest level of raids, you need to oh, have an yeah, hour totally. set aside. And when you have, and because there are in like the easiest level of raids, it's twenty five people. So that's twenty five people who some of whom will be standing around waiting for other people. To that's, say nothing of how poorly the WoW player base will treat you if you happen to have a laggy connection. Yeah. Which let's not get ourselves. We live in Australia. Our connection is pretty bad. There yeah. is no RP server for Australia. And- not to mention, some people can't sit in one... It's not healthy for them to sit in one place for an hour. Very true. Yeah, it's just medically unsound. Yeah. Hell, um, even Hell, on it's not world, really super sound for anyone to sit in one place for an hour, but most of us do it anyway. And ergonomically speaking, it's yeah, not, Exactly, it's, that's what you know, I'm saying. Not take breaks. <laughs> you really but, shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. But gamers don't give a damn. <laughs> Effectively, raiding is a... It has a sorting system in it that actually sifts two privileged people, and with, and Blizzard's stance has been trying to make them so everyone will raid, which is at odds. <laughs> they are at best halfway to that goal. Yeah. Probably finding it more and more difficult the closer they get. Alright, now this one's going to be a really easy one to guess with this. I, I, I suspect it's going to be gotten with the very first clue. Oh, it's Loom. This is the... Th- <laughs> This is the thing that came out last year that made me the angriest. Oh, uh, Burial at Sea Part 2. Yes. Uh, And we're moving on. (laughs) Fuck that shit. And on the 24th of March, 2014, another video game came out. It was a sequel. It was an indie puzzle platformer. Ooh, 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 ooh. Does it feature a fancy hat? It features a fancy hat. Is it perhaps worn by a rat? It is indeed worn by a rat. Wonderful! <laughs> what game is this, Fox? This is a scapegoat too. Yes. Made by the wonderful people at Magical Time Bean, which I think is like three people, maybe four. <laughs> Whatever. One of them is really good at pixelating rats and fancy hats. And I <laughs> applaud that, sir or madam or other. Uh, it's a game that has um, a bonk meter, thanks <laughs> thanks to the inestimable Caitlin Gad. <laughs> bonk meter, your okay Cupid profile name. Oh, I should have thought of that. <laughs> no, uh, it, for speedrunners, like you get in the game a very short distance dash, and the bonk meter is whenever you hit a wall doing a dash that you didn't need to hit, like that actually <laughs> slows down your progress. And so it counts that for you in the game somewhere in the code. This is the you're never going to see it, but well, if you're a speedrunner, you can get the little package that Caitlin put together, and like, oh, hey, this will cool. show you how well you're doing. Oops, <laughs> you got through that level pretty well, but you bonked twice. Ooh. Can you get a better score on your bonk meter? Can, can, can you bonk a little less? <laughs> that, ooh, that's that, oh, that speaks to me as someone who really knows how to needle the speed, the specialist player. Oh no, you, it's not that you did a bad job. It's just a little you know. too much. <laughs> maybe, maybe you could try that and bonk slightly less. It'd be like if you put, you know, the the usual sort of 100% scavenger hunt <laughs> item finder thing. But also you just had in there like a hidden stat of how long it had taken you to find each thing. Ah, oh, God. I feel like if instead of having showing your time, it showed how many frames you took. Oh. <laughs> uh, or how many times you went back to look for a thing in the wrong place. I know that would be a much different thing to try and work out. But bear with me. Do, do you remember Trials that, that Jeb was talking, you know, the, the much beloved uh, ex- Dirt bike game? Oh, yes. How, how it tells you how many yeah, times you tried. Yeah, how your friends have done, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm really glad that Noah made a fire emblem that, that told me how many times I've restarted any particular level, because some bozo died. <laughs> In uh, Final Fantasy V... <laughs> Fuck you, Vike! In Final Fantasy V, there is an old man in a shed that you get to at like two-thirds of the way through the game. And this old man asks you, are you very brave or are you very cowardly? (laughs) And And if you tell him you're brave, he gives you... One item, the Brave Sword. Brave you Blade, him, excuse me, not, this is one of my favorite games. Sorry, the Brave Blade. I can get pedantic about brave this, this is one of my favorite games. Ooh, oh, we got a badass here. It, it's probably the best Final <laughs> Fantasy, I'm not going to argue take about it that. So seriously, it's great. Wait, is this six or four? Five. 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 The one that doesn't Five. take itself the seriously. That- the one that I have a GBA cart of with, I think, 116 Actually, hours. Actually, five played. has Faris. Yeah, that's a pretty compelling case. Yeah, and he gives you the chicken knife. <laughs> 
with if you choose cowardly. And I'm not specifically sure of the mechanics, but the Brave Blade <laughs> effectively looks at every time you've run away in the whole game uh-huh. versus the number of combats you've been in, and it gets better for every combat you haven't run away from. No, yep. no, 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 no. Oh? There's there's no nothing like that. Uh, from from the start of your new game, it, yep. ha- it uh, has an attack value of 255. Ah, right. Every you time you run away, it decreases. Right, so it doesn't get better. It just, it just gets worse. Chicken. The chicken knife. The chicken knife. Go on. To starts at. I think I can see where this is going. Starts at like ten and gets better every time you run away. <laughs> uh, people who do the uh, the, um, uh, the the for, the the four job fiesta. One of the big decisions <laughs> is: Do I go for the chicken knife or the blade bra- brave blade? <laughs> You had to plan for that right from the start, wouldn't you? You pretty much, once you know it's there. <laughs> I think the thing I love the most about that is that it's the kind of mechanic that if you don't know it, you don't get it, you don't have to care. But <laughs> when you've played the game and you do wind up thinking about it, like, this was hidden away in a kind of a special little place, there's got to be something about this stuff that encourages you as a <laughs> to player be fair, to learn. Those names definitely suggest oh, how yeah. the thing works. Yeah. But you don't necessarily know how good they are, how well they're improving, how proactively they're improving. The, chick- the chicken knife does have a, a second effect, too. Oh, Every yeah. time you attack with it, there's a chance you could run away. <laughs> Take a guess who never used the chicken knife and therefore <laughs> didn't know about that. You were a very serious boy. Uh, another thing that uh, four job Fiesta players like to do is are ways to abuse the chicken knife to use its attack value without attacking. Uh, chicken knife on a da- on a dancer is fantastic because the dancer doesn't have a fight uh, command. They just so dance. How do you get access to its power? Then? Well, uh, what the, the, the oh, dance oh. command gives you uh, there's a, a tw- there's a twenty five percent chance of of doing uh, a life drain attack, twenty five percent chance of doing a uh, MP drain attack, a twenty five percent chance of doing a confusion or a charm attack, and a twenty five percent chance of doing quad damage. Right. So when you use this, but critically, it doesn't count as an attack. It doesn't count as an attack. And then once you get the the proper gear for your dancer, the twenty five percent chance for your quad attack goes up to seventy five percent. Jesus. Okay. I think I can see why you two in particular like this one the best. There's a ton of cleverness in Final Fantasy V because you can build your characters. Yeah. Um, particularly, I'm remembering that... My goodness. Talon likes a system where you can put together different elements from diverse places to create your own totally broken build. Yeah, well... And Final Fantasy V <laughs> I think we were talking about this that. earlier. Final Fantasy V is amazing for that. Like, you go through most of the game yeah, yeah. in classes trying out stuff like it, it's really fascinating to me as a player in that you start the game and you go like well i'll try every class for every fight like i'm not doing well at this fight i'll change all my classes i'll see what i can do and then the mid game you're like oh hang on i want to finish some classes to unlock some of their passives for other classes so in the middle of the game you've got this much more dedicated play and in the final arc of the game you are running around with no class on at all just using all these passive abilities and a handful a of beautiful game <laughs> so that oh, means we're doing a fiesta episode right we are totally going to do an episode on final. <laughs> so lost. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should do an episode which is just talking about Final Fantasies because there are Final Fantasies that we like. For all that I act like I'm a grumpy old man who doesn't like anything SquareSoft does. That's <laughs> more like you just don't like anything after six, right? I have That's a when lower they started opinion. getting shit. I have a lower opinion of seven onward, but and I. What what are you going to do? I mean, <laughs> speaking I, of tracking stats about player behavior, yeah. Uh, I, I am recalling a time when a game did this. I think it was the GBA Pokemon. It, it was either Ruby and Sapphire or it was the first DS ones. Um, but there's a dude who tracks one interesting factoid about your character and will, like, express this to other people. I think because there was that record mixing feature. Yeah. Yeah. So he gives other people, like, a quick little description of you. And I had this very reliable quality where it was always, this person is really cautious. They saved like 500 freaking lives. (laughs) I am am an obsessive saver in anything that doesn't have save points. Yep. I, (laughs) just thinking about games that let you save, like Ori in the Blind Forest, if it was more of a kid-friendly game, it would let you save anywhere. But it's not. You have to save up for the save points, oh. and you get to place them. Oh. oh, okay. That's pretty different. Yeah. 
I was, I mean, you know, Metroidvanias don't usually let you save anywhere. They no, usually, they usually have don't. a very distinct explore and find the save points kind of yeah. idea. But that one's new. I haven't heard of that before. Oh, and uh, no one else came out this time last year that I didn't bother mentioning because the the double uh, A Castlevania Mirror of Fate. They, Is it another DS one or it's one? not a DS one. I believe it was originally a, a Vita, but it was a two point five D. It was a Vita original two point five D Castlevania. Well, it was it was three D models, two D plane Castlevania okay. style using the new. Yeah, I'm still really interested. Yeah, I, I own a copy. I've never played it yet. Huh. It's just it it's there. Really remote. Well, yeah, and that's the thing I think that's killing me about it. In that I can't find anyone who has any firm opinion about it. <laughs> so it's probably just so so. Yeah, it might be a fairly average game. But I mean, I thought that XCOM: The Bureau was going to be a bad game, and I kind of like it. It's it's one of those. Was, was it? It was blood on the sand that a couple of game reviewers I was listening to were talking about, saying the game, all the framing devices of the game are really obnoxious and kind of thick, but the actual gameplay mechanic has this kind of interesting interaction between cover-based shooting and combos. Mm-hmm. That's the 50-cent game, right? Yeah, the 50-cent game. First, we have and to call him in Australia 63-cent. 50-cent <laughs> blood in the Fifty Cent Blood in the Sand also has finishing moves, yeah. <laughs> where you take your you take your opponent, you take your your the enemy, and you tra- teleport them into the Fifty Zone and do something horrible <laughs> to their skull. <laughs> oh, good lord! See, this is the important thing. This is something that that rap and hip hop artists don't often make clear. They do have zones. No, d- stop, stop it! Kanye has warned people repeatedly about not letting him get into his zone. <laughs> Well, I don't have a zone, but that's okay, because I'm very white. <laughs> Though it is reminding me of, um, what was it, Star Control, too, where you could you could view all the all the ships fighting each other. Like, you have very fast ships, and their typical thing was, you know, you try to dart in, dart out. And then you have the ships which effectively control a zone around them, with uh, the Chimura Avatar and the, the Vux ship were very much about controlling their area. And then they made this ship called the Shofixiti, where its special ability was to explode. And if it exploded and killed the other ship, even though both ships were dead and that was normally considered a neutral outcome, it would mark that as a win for the Shofik City. Okay, hold on a second. Weren't the Shofik City the rat people? Yes! Weren't they, like, endangered? Yes! And they're the ones who get a suicide bomber. That's part of the problem. The first one you encounter, you have to not fight, because if you fight, he's going to blow up the ship. Brilliant! And then after you've had them, I think it's one month, and then they're like, yeah, we have an army. We can totally afford to send squads of suicide bombers. That's not helpful, guys. Don't do I that. don't want that. <laughs> Look, YOLO should not be the name of your national team song. <laughs> <laughs> the Shrixty YOLO. <laughs> <coughs> we also had in class this week, we got to watch a bunch of classmates doing a Let's Play of Betrayal at the House on the Hill. Oh, yes. Which is pretty interesting. Uh, and we got talking about <laughs> cyberpunk in video games. Mm-hmm. Which was also pretty interesting. And it turns out that somehow my teacher had managed to not know about Heroes of the Storm. Huh. I find myself liking cyberpunk more than I used to. Possibly just because steampunk is the cool kid now and cyberpunk is kind of the dorky kid no one likes anymore. I still hate mohawks, though. Look, cyberpunk still wears a neon snap bracelet. <laughs> Much like me. It- <laughs> <laughs> It knows where it's from. Yes, well, it's from slightly further back than I am, so I, I, I was never too comfortable with it, but, you know, Steampunk is definitely wearing out its welcome a bit. Every time I start to think that Steampunk, steampunk is, is wearing out its welcome for me, I replay Arcanum. And then I, get, then <laughs> oh I go back goodness, to my happy yeah. place. Speaking, of, amazing, speaking of games where you can build your character to abuse the system... Yes! <laughs> Arcanum oh, could is this not... be another RPG with a system based on actual pen and paper RPGs? No! Ar- no? Ar- Arcanum, no. Is, uh, Arcanum is not balanced. And yep. that is one of its best <laughs> features. Arcanum has the pocket watch moment, which is amazing. <laughs> I don't know what that means. So in Arcanum, you have this world of mechanic construct. Like, the, the actual me- mechanic of the game has a meaning in the world. In that as you become more attuned to using technology you become worse at using magic, and vice versa. If you're heavily magic-inclined, technological devices won't work for you. There's a moment where I believe it's boarding a Zeppelin. Train. Where they... A train. train, Where they want to make sure you're not... Too magical. ...magical, and therefore will ruin the device. 
So the conductor is going past people and handing them a pocket watch mm-hmm. and watching if the watch goes haywire. The, uh, the, the the person taking your ticket will ask you before you get on or if you're a magic user or not. And they'll say, I, ha- I have this device, I need to, to check it real quick. If you... <laughs> Kill the if you kill the uh, the conductor the ticket taker you'll find out that that device that checks for your magic affinity is just his pocket watch. <laughs> it is an elegant solution to that the the whole concept. Mm, nice little setting element. It's it's not something the... that actually comes up like you know you don't see oh by the way this is my pocket watch here it is you actually have to go into your way to find it but when you do they uh, they, yeah. they actually put that into the game. So if you're one of those players out there who's looking at all of your friends playing Pillars of Eternity and thinking, I would like to play some old school game, but I don't, old school style game, the RPG variety, but I don't have $60 to spend right now, Arcanum is six bucks at good good old games? Just a thought. (laughs) Amongst other things. I mean, everyone got full out too while it was free there, right? (laughs) This is basically free, free on the internet now. Um, apparently Interplay have cracked down on Abandoned Wild. No, I mean it's escaped into the wild. <laughs> it, it might well have done that, yeah. I, I, um, Arcanum is one of those games where I, when I heard about it from the outside, I actually thought this game is set up to suck, because I was still really bitter about the publisher, uh, and their relationship with the Corian, Corian, Laurie, and Cole team for Quest of Glory, because it's a Sierra-published game. <laughs> and... Sierra had kind of a reputation by that point of stomping around like a mini Nintendo and ruining things that they were trying to make good. And <laughs> I'm just picturing a mini Nintendo now. Think Kid Bowser. <laughs> that's pretty much what I was imagining. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's what I was worried about. And so when Arcana came out, and it was not only really good, but it was also really good in all those ways, it sprawled. In those Black Isle ways. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very much a game that kind of fills all of its available... Sp- you were mentioning about Suikoden and the libraries, the bookshelves. Oh, yes, the fact that in Suikoden 2 there are just inexplicably large amounts of things that have some text if you go up to them and poke them. Including, like, you know, shelf of recipes, uh, blacksmithing designs, pornographic books. Just, you know, somebody's bothered to assign things to all these items. Yeah, it's the same feeling I got out of um, out of Arcanum. Arcanum, you can... Arca- in Arcanum, there's a, a regular newspaper published in-game yeah. that you nice. can affect. You can... Er, right early on in the game, you're told that you are the, you know, the, the chosen one, etc., etc. And you are advised not to tell anyone, but fuck that, you can actually sell your story to the press. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Jeb, so... Dude, if I'm gonna have to put up with a chosen one plot, that is exactly what I want to be able to do. Okay, Jeb, this is this is a game you've played plenty of times. You know how to play it, and you know how to do well at it. Really quick, in like a couple of short sentences, how would you recommend a new player who wants to get into this game but doesn't want to deal with the difficulty struggle of like learning what they're doing, what advice would you give them for a starting character to make sure that they have an easy path through the game, relatively speaking? In Arcanum? Yeah. Destruction magic. Rightio. Destru- the, hey, no, the, that's, that's as good as you the, need. The, high, the highest tier of... Well, destruction magic starts off giving you a powerful spell. Uh, when you reach level 5 in destruction magic, you get a spell that will insta-kill anything. <laughs> but it destroys their loot. So. No! <laughs> <laughs> so that's, broadly speaking, the kind of uh, game we're talking Like, uh, with Baldur's Gate 2, I can, or, I can still think of, alright, what are the min-max strategies to get out of Baldur's Gate 2 early and easy? You know, what are the broken things you do early on in the game? Which is very depressing for new players who are trying to follow along. Well, it's depressing for me players because I always like the options that are significantly underpowered. Just by coincidence. And by coincidence, I mean fucking RPG writers love fucking wizards. And if all you want to do is beat things to death with a hammer, you're going to get fucked every time. Well, Baldur's Gate 2 also has the katana see, problem. In, uh, in Arcanum, yeah, in Arcanum, if you want to beat something to death with a fucking hammer, you can either be a magic user with a big fucking hammer... <laughs> or well, yeah, I mean, at least in that be, game you're choosing between technology and magic rather be, than magic and physical prowess. You can be a machinist who fights with an explosive steam hammer. <laughs> That's pretty cool, too. And last year, you can also be a half-ogre machinist and therefore wander around with a hammer the size of other characters. Yes. Hmm. It also <laughs> takes character size into account, which is which is fairly unique. Yeah, there's a, there's a point where you can't chase someone through a doorway quickly? Well, I'm just talking about, like, like, equipment is either small, medium, or large, depending on if you're... Oh, yeah. Depending on your, your race. Yeah, let's do that a fair bit. 
Uh, also, with Baldur's Gate 2, uh, one of the things that Baldur's Gate 2's modding community got into, which was really cool, was Wesley Weimer looking at every different weapon type and going, well, katanas are clearly broken, flails are pretty broken, <laughs> let's try and make sure that there's something about that broken for every other character. You really like the weapon diversity mods. And yet, even after he did that, even after he made weapons as good as all of those, he still went, katanas are still a bit too good, so the best katana of the game now has a little quest that happens after you get it. Where about, I think it's a week, a wandering swordsman with, any, with a katana that's about as good is like, yes, I am here for that sword, hand it over. You're like, no, I just I just got this. I'm a starting <laughs> character. I, I I went through the broken route of the early game and got myself a I ran an game. FAQ for this, damn it. Yeah, I ran an FAQ that got me a really good katana really early in the game. This katana is good enough to take on the end bosses with. And he's like, yeah, hand it over. Like, well, I don't want to. He's like, okay, cool. I'm not an end boss. I was designed by a player who knows how good that sword is. So. And he <laughs> goes to town on you. The point at which you get it. <laughs> One of the one of the first fixes he did was just make it so the dude you get it off is actually using it. Yes, he wasn't originally. He just had it in his inventory. I'll attack you with this like plus one. No, sword he punched or you instead. He had none of his gear equipped. Even better. So he had all of his gear in his inventory, but he didn't have a helmet on. He didn't have his armor on. He runned it up to you and he punched yeah. you. I wonder why this sword was absurdly easy to get for new players. I will now do eighty hit points of damage to an unarmored target and. I now have the best sword in the game. Yeah, what really made that game work for me in terms of player abilities was the uh, shapeshifter rebalancing. And by rebalancing, I mean they're pretty much more like they were in, in the actual pen and paper indie system. <laughs> this is one of the only ways to make just, you know, hitting things anywhere near on par with casting stupid spells. It's... Anyway, I played a giant werewolf is all I'm saying. It's funny because uh, Baldur's Gate 2, because it was such a, a game built around second ed D&D, it has its own brokenness that comes from being a computer game yeah. and having its own unique items in it. But then you, then the other players went, hang on, it doesn't have this brokenness from the pen and paper <laughs> game. We needed to have this That's brokenness. That's not the proper brokenness. We need to more right. brokenness. Yeah. So, the, so like, yeah, in Baldur's Gate 2 originally, druids were worthless. Druids, like, there really was no reason to play a druid. They were a slightly worse version. Especially the shapeshifter kit, so, which was yeah. just terrible. So what you're saying is some druids is bare. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and actually, yeah, it's not a you. You were a were bear before too long, aren't you? You start off as a wolf and then you turn into a bear. Yeah, and yeah. the thing is, you turned this into, druid was bear. You turned into a bear, which was really awful as a game became like you know you turned into a <laughs> mook monster that the rest of the game you had spent breeding <coughs> up. And, and Wesley was like, "Well, no, we're not. This this is nonsense. <laughs> well, let's make you turn into something that's actually scary." <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll make it so you regenerate in a game where healing potions are a part of the mechanics. And uh, let me see, by the time you're a bear, I think your fists are at least plus three, going up to plus five. Yeah. And they break magic reduction or something. Anyway, it's great. Yeah. The, the greater point of it all being that you have these amazing uh, kits. Basically, you have mods which are about making the game more broken, which is nice. Me and Sylvain, stabbing dudes and bear punching guys. Ah, uh, Solophane, the bisexual poet. <laughs> Needless to say, I liked him a lot. I liked Kelsey too, but I wasn't usually his type. Yeah, Kelsey kind of wanted a bit more of a girly girl. Yep. Or a tomboy. Yes, a word I despise. Yeah. But if you wanted to smash things with a hammer, you had that option. Man, this is this is a bit of weirdly... <laughs> Like for just this a random a weird meand- episode. Well, just for a random meandering, we kind of accidentally have hit on like big gaming topics, cousins. <laughs> what, big gaming topics, whether or not I should be able to punch things with a bear. <laughs> <laughs> that is a big gaming topic, as far as I'm concerned. Well, like Final Fantasy 15. So we talked about Final Fantasy 5 and oh, I see uh, what you Pillars mean. of Eternity. And, and we- Pillars of Eternity. So we're talking about Arcanum and Baldur's Gate. <laughs> Uh, on a related note, and I know we don't do this very often, I really liked what Jeb wrote about Final Fantasy XV. I'm not going to hash over it. We don't need to go into... I haven't read it yet. Yeah, but I do recommend for anyone listening, please go read Jeb's article. I think he made some really good, sensible, salient points. And that's all we really need to say about Final Fantasy XV, because Jeb's already said it better. Since we're on the subject, did you know that Talon writes a blog about video games? It does regular <laughs> reviews. You no, all should go check that out. 
No, I don't. He does irregular reviews. Yeah. You all should go check that out. I haven't done a regular... I've done like three reviews this year. After last year, I got burnt out so hard on regular reviewing. Whatever. I'd rather write about how games work than what... Tell the nice people your URLs. My URLs would be press.invincible.inc. What about you, Jeb? I, my blog is at jebrench.com. Wonderful. And yours, Fox? Ah, uh, I'll give you the clean version of the site. <laughs> it is shebites.invincible.inc. <laughs> we ultimately had to make a sort of a short micro-podcast this time. That's why it's going up with so little editing. Just clean out some of the cops and <laughs> No, it's still going to be around Talon's 50 minutes. going to excuse so himself. Yeah, it's still going to be around 50 <laughs> minutes. We're doing all right. It's just... We're not going to be near... We're, you, you might have noticed we've got more tangents and kind of more, uh, hmm, uh, hmm, in this podcast. <laughs> Did anybody have any ideas for stuff they wanted to talk about? Nah, let's just chat for a bit. Yeah. Eh. And I think the best podcasts often have that element to it. <laughs> well, for it to work, you have to have a certain amount of energy, which probably makes a better podcast to begin with. So if you have planning and energy, you're probably going to get something better. But if you lack for one and not the other, you probably want energy more than planning. And if you don't have either, you have this. that's not nice we're super awesome we are pretty awesome were you not listening when it took me like five tries to get the intro done we're (laughs) fucking on fire yeah i i actually am really proud of how uh you particularly have come along as a podcaster hey you've never done anything like this before condescend much there's our podcast title yep condescend much (laughs) the micro episode I have a qualification in music industry skills. I know sound engineering. Oh, yeah, I just thought... Sound engineering was like 12 years old or something, but that's not the point. No, I I really was just talking about the practice of talking to and about things for a protracted period like this. I I apologize if it came across condescending. I really was just trying to say I like what you've done. I like how you've improved. I'm sorry. On the other hand, it's Jeb's outro, so really I'm just muddling around until such time as he decides to put me out of my misery. Oh, shit, it's me, isn't it? Talon's outros have really come along this semester. <laughs> Talon's outros have changed quite a bit over the summer. Six out of ten needs improvement. <laughs> no gold star. More <laughs> racer than AC. Oh, wait, you guys don't know what that means. Anyway, anyway. Oh, that's your horrible Christian childhood. Yeah. Mmm. Yeah, it's one thing for them to be full of propaganda and lies and just a general horrible at educating children system, but I am thoroughly offended by the crapness of those comics. <laughs> Fucking learn to draw. You do not extend the tail of the speech bubble all the way into the character's mouth like it's trying to trying to escape crawl in. Ugh. Anyway, get a clue. let's go here. Mm. We know who's talking. You're already pointing at them. You don't need to crawl down their damn throat. Anyway. That's been Jeb. That's been Fox. No, that's been Talon. (laughs) Tune in next week where I won't be distracted by watching people live playing Fox's game in beta. (laughs) Ooh! Show me, show me! (laughs) I'm not getting any of these tweets. No one's tagging me in. And that's where we pause it. Thank you, Ellie. Even Ellie's giving in on the act. Ellie's giving me Ellie judges you.